0: What's up? Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. We're with you Tuesdays and Thursdays, 10 a.m. to 12 noon Eastern Standard Time. Hope that you're having a fantastic day in the name of the Lord. Um, for today, we're going to be talking about deconstructing Christianity. Um, being a deconstructionist has become a major topic in Christian circles on as of late, and so um, after having done some research on the subject, I finally feel you know compelled to be able to say something about the deconstruction movement, the good, and the bad, and the indifferent about it. And so, hope that you guys are able to stay on with me and have a conversation with me regarding the deconstruction movement and how we can utilize deconstruction as a way to be able to further enhance our faith rather than just allow it to be something that's utilized as a way to get away from God. Um, so dirt Seven, again, grateful for all of you that are joining the live thus far. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, feel free to drop down in the comment box below and let me know how you're feeling about any and everything. Toward the end of the show, we may talk about whatever questions you may have. We just ask that you keep it classy so that way we don't get banned off TikTok. But again, we certainly do thank you for this opportunity to be able to worship with me in spirit and truth. We're going to jump in with a word of prayer, and then we're going to um, get started in our word today coming out of Matthew chapter 7, uh, starting at verse number 24. And good morning to you, V. Hope that you're having a great day in the name of the Lord. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we come before you saying thank you for another blessed day in your presence. Lord God, we thank you that you thought it not robbery to give us this opportunity to be able to worship you in spirit and truth on today. We're asking, Lord God, that you just humble us on this morning. Um, Give us a word that will edify, magnify, deliver, and set free on today. Lord God, we're just grateful for your son, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross and rose again and transferred us from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light upon repentance and belief. We're asking, Lord God, that this word just touch those who don't have a walk with you, that they may grow to love you, bless you, and honor you in both duty and delight, and may edify those who do have a walk with you, that we may just grow closer and closer to you each and every day, as we're being sanctified from one degree of glory to the next, as um we are being molded and shaped into the image of you. Lord God, we're just thankful, thankful for every blessing that you have given us, um every door that you've opened, every door that you've closed, every mountain you've allowed us to climb, every valley that you've walked with us through. Lord God, we're just grateful for it all because we know that um, things are things may be great here, but we're um, looking for that great day uh, when uh, faith becomes sight and we are transferred into the kingdom of heaven, both now and forever. Lord God, we just thank you and we give your name, all praise, glory, and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Um, So, we're going to come out of the book of Matthew chapter 7, starting at verse number 24. And uh, we're going to be talking about deconstructing Christianity. Um, A lot of um, people in the world today um, have really taken on this idea of deconstructing their faith. um, But a lot of people in deconstructing their faith have turned away from God as a way of becoming a deconstructed person, a deconstructed Christian, rather than actually taking on what it means to truly have a faith that is yours and not someone else's faith, which we'll get into in just a moment. But we want to start um, in Matthew Matthew chapter 7, starting at verse 24, to get an understanding of what it is that we are trying to accomplish when our faith is deconstructed, and there and then reconstructed everyone then who hears these words of mine jesus talking to um his disciples everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock and the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house but it did not fall uh, give me one second. Turn me up just a little bit. Um, there we go. Um, it said, Did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house. And it fell, and great was the fall of it. Let me read this again to you Matthew chapter 7, starting at verse 24. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat on that house. But it did not fall, because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. Um with the advent of TikTok, YouTube and you know um social media platforms like it um We have control of the phone. Hold on. Let me see if it'll. Let me do it now. And it will not. Okay. Well. All right. As long as you guys can see me, we're good. Um. But with the advent of social media, in particular, but more so in the last uh you know uh, three or four years with TikTok and platforms like it, um, people have become um, um, much wiser. I would say. When it comes to our faith in God. When it comes to what it means to truly be a Christian. What it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Um, Some people have gone to church their whole lives. They followed their pastors and everything that their pastors were saying. Followed the denominational rules. Followed the practices, the codes, and the guidelines. Uh, Paid their tithes, paid their dues, paid their offerings to the churches. And one day... Somebody was able to talk to them through, you know, TikTok or through um, some type of of, 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 you know, website, YouTube channel, whatever, and they discovered that a lot of the practices that they had been practicing in their churches were not were were not scripturally sound in some way, shape, or form. Couple that with some type of church hurt that they experienced from a terrible leader or terrible, you know, uh, church partners or terrible brothers and sisters in the faith. And it created this 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 chasm between God and them in so much that they decided I'm not a Christian anymore. And for a lot of these people. They have declared themselves to not be Christians anymore, and they coined themselves to be deconstructed. Now, the deconstruction movement, underneath the deconstruction movement, is a true necessity to have your own faith. To have your own faith. That's the truth that underpins the deconstruction movement that we see today. That the faith that we have in Jesus, its not to be, it shouldn't be mamas. It shouldn't be daddies. It shouldn't be grandmas and granddads. It shouldn't be our pastors. It shouldn't be our deacons. It shouldn't be our denominations. It shouldn't be someone else's faith that's been passed on to us. Underneath the deconstruction movement is a real necessity for us to have a genuine, authentic relationship with Jesus Christ. One that is ours and ours alone. That my relationship with Jesus is my relationship with Jesus. Your relationship with Jesus is your relationship with Jesus. Not a relationship that was passed down from mama to you. Not a relationship that was passed down from big mama to you. But it is a relationship between you and God alone. For as it says in Scripture, every knee is gonna bow and every tongue is gonna confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. So Jesus is not going to say, is gonna say that we're saved off of mama's prayer or that we're saved off of daddy's prayer or that we're saved off of their faith. At the end of the day, each one of us has to give an account for our own relationship with Jesus Christ. Do we have one with him or do we not? It's not gonna be. Did your mama have one? Okay, cool. Then you can then you can enter into my joy. He's gonna be like, no. Did I know you in departing of your sins? Did I do? I have a relationship with you. Am I a part of? Are you a part of? Are you by yourself a part of my kingdom? So again, the underpinnings of the deconstruction movement is a true necessity. For us to evaluate whether or not we have a real relationship with Jesus. That that is the necessity that underpins the deconstruction movement. Calling a spade a spade. A lot of us, we grew up in church. But we didn't know Jesus. A lot of us grew up in ministry. But didn't know Jesus. We sang in the choirs. We were junior ushers, junior deacons. We, you know, um, participated on praise teams, praise dances. You know, we were part of youth group. We were part of mission work. We were, we, some of us were even ministers and pastors, but we didn't have a relationship with Jesus. We had a relationship with the church. We had a relationship with our pastors. We had a relationship with the who's who rubbing elbows up against the bishops of the, of, the, of the city, but we didn't have a relationship with Jesus. We grew up in these environments and we grew up in these situations and we grew up in, these, in, the, in, in our churches and we have a strong relationship with the church. Strong relationship with the church. Can't nobody beat us knowing the rules of the church, the guidelines of the church, the practices of the church, the codes and the creeds of the church. And nobody can beat us coming to church. Nobody can beat us going to Bible study. Nobody can beat us in our tithing, our offerings, none of that stuff. But we don't have a relationship with Jesus. He tells us in the the scriptures. Verse number 21 of Matthew chapter 7. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven but the one who does the will of my father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then I, Jesus, will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. There's a lot of us. Who have a strong relationship with the church and a strong relationship with our giftings, but we don't have a relationship with Jesus. Gifts come without repentance. If Jesus can use a donkey to get a print to get a word through, surely he can use anyone, including me, to get a word to somebody. But just because he uses us in order to get a word out, because he says my word would not go out and, and come into me and come back to me void, doesn't mean that the person who's given the word may necessarily have a relationship with Jesus. That the person that's singing the song in the choir has a relationship with Jesus. That the person who's counting the money has a relationship with Jesus. That the person who is, you know, going on mission trip has a relationship with Jesus. And so a lot of us have had a strong relationship with the church. And so when it comes to this being this being deconstructed, a lot of us realize that my relationship to the church was not a relationship with God. And a lot of us were either manipulated or we were disillusioned into doing things for the church as if we were doing them for the Lord when half the things that we were doing for the church Jesus himself never prescribed. Things we're doing for the ministry were things that Jesus never said we were supposed to do. That you have people who will say, you know, touch not my anointed one and do my profit no harm. So that means I can never question the pastor. When do, touch my not my anointed ones and do my prophet have no harm has nothing to do with preachers and pastors today. That if we see a pastor that does wrong and is doing wrong and is you know acting out and acting some type of way, we have the authority as believers to at least call it out. Now we call it out in love, but our our pastors and our preachers are not untouchable. To where we're not able to tell them, hey, you know, I'm thinking you might not be, you know, doing things the way that things need to be done. You know, and I don't know whether or not I completely agree with that. And so you have some pastors and preachers who will erroneously use, touch not my anointed one to do my profit no harm. That mean, you can't question me at all. And as a result, we end up hurting some of the believers in God. To the point where once they realize that they have been conned or manipulated or hurt or disillusioned in some type of way, they're now not only falling out with the church, which makes sense, but they're falling out now with God. Because they feel like they've been manipulated and that these scriptures were twisted in such a way to where I can't believe God would ever be that way, so I'm not going to believe in him anymore. I'm now an ex-evangelical or I'm now deconstructed because I see the lies and I see the deceptions and I don't want to follow that anymore. So now I'm falling out with God as a result of my falling out with bad, erroneous doctrine and the teachers who teach it. To deconstruct our faith, is not to deconstruct God. To deconstruct our faith is not to dismiss Jesus. Jesus is not who we fall how, who we should be falling out with. We should fall out with false prophets and false teachers. In so much that if we see and we hear and we know that they're teaching something that's contrary to the gospel of Jesus Christ. If God opens our eyes and opens our ears and opens our hearts to receive his true gospel. We shouldn't fall out with God just because we found some jokers who ain't preaching the gospel. Who, who's been leading us astray. But again for a lot of people. They've made up in their minds that because this pastor or this preacher lied to me, I'd rather not believe in God at all. Let's call a spade a spade. A lot of us want to deconstruct our faith. Some of us, some of us want to deconstruct our faith because there's something that we want to do that runs contrary to what we know to be true in the scriptures. So there's one caveat of people who want who don't want to follow Jesus no more because they can't believe that they were lied to or manipulated by their pastors and their preachers and those in those in those sorts of, you know, cultish churches. But then you also have this other camp that wants to deconstruct their faith because there's things that they want to do. And they don't, and and it doesn't line up with scripture. And so they'd rather, instead of line up with the God of the scriptures, they'd rather say, I'm deconstructed. And in being deconstructed, they piece together a version of Christianity that fits their mold, fits what they want to do, fits what they want to be, rather than being aligned to the God of the scriptures. You have some people, for instance, who because they want so badly to um as an example, I want to be able to, to, to be married but have girlfriends. Married and have boyfriends too. That I can deconstruct I'm deconstructing my faith and piecing together the parts of the scriptures that make the most sense to me. This is now my truth so rather than following the truth who is jesus i'm following my version of the truth that makes what i want to do more palatable for me that i want to you know be able to um i can't even think of examples at this point you know but i want to be able to do what i want to do and have jesus too And so I'm deconstructing the parts of faith that say, you know, um, we're being molded and shaped into his image. We're being sanctified. We're being purified. Cast off, you know, sin. You know, walk in the newness of Christ. We are new creations. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Want to take those parts and sit them to the side. But we want to say, God is love. God God loves me, His grace and mercy endures forever i can I can sin seventy times seven a day, and God still loves me, so that now gives me license to do what I want to do while still have a relationship with Jesus too. Some of us will even go so far in this deconstructionness as to pick and choose different religions to piece together a religion where Jesus is the head but he's the head in line with a whole bunch of other people. And so you got people that are worshiping Jesus and the chakras. People that are worshiping Jesus and the 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 the, the tenets of yoga. People who are following Jesus and following new age. Following Jesus and burning sage. Following Jesus and you know following their 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 cult leaders, whoever they may be. Following Jesus and you know um, subscribing to the spiritual nuances of mindfulness and things. And this, as I'm deconstructing my faith, I'm rebuilding it so that I can be what I want to be so that I can do what I want to do. I can have Jesus and be who I want to be. Some of us have taken on the mantras of the culture and are not trying to get Jesus to conform to it rather than trying to conform culture to Jesus. Somebody said it on threads earlier today. You know, I don't know if I can find somebody that, you know, that I that's worthy dating because they say that they're a believer, but they out there being just as worldly at the same time. I want a righteous man. I want a godly man. But half these godly men, they just believe in Jesus, but they're not really following him. They're not really worshiping him. They just know he exists. And that's how a lot of us treat our faith today. A lot of us Christians who have deconstructed are acting as if I can piece together a version of faith, a version of Christianity that fits my agenda. And that is one of the key things that we want to be wary of when it comes to these deconstruct some of these deconstructed Christians. Because what they're saying is I now I am the master and commander of my life. And I get to tell Jesus how things are going to be. I'm not going to do what he wants me to do. I'm going to make him be conformed to what I want him to do. So I pick and choose what I want to follow, what I don't want to follow. I pick and choose what makes sense to me, what I want makes sense to what I want and what I need and what I gotta have. I get Jesus, but I get everything else that I want too. And Jesus tells us every person who does not hear, does not do the words, these words of his, is like a foolish man who builds his house on the sand who builds his house on the sand when we pick and choose which parts of the bible we want to follow when we pick and choose which parts of the words of christ we want to we want to follow when we pick and choose which parts of the gospel of jesus christ we want to we want to have as as our you know, life mantras or life statements we are saying to jesus I only believe you as far as what you say lines up with my life. If it doesn't line up with what I want, if it doesn't line up with what I need, if it doesn't line up with my agenda, if it doesn't line up with my thoughts, if it doesn't line up with my emotions, if it doesn't line up with my identity, if it doesn't line up with my way, if it doesn't line up with my will, then I'm pushing it to the side. I'm searching the scriptures to find the words that make sense to me. What I want, what I need, what I got to have, what makes sense to me. And what Jesus tells us in these words today is you're going to have a lot of people who think they're following Jesus. But a day is coming when he they're going to when he's going to they're going to be called up and he's like, Lord, did I not prophesy in your name? Did I not do great works in your name? I, you were the first of the gods that I was worshiping. You were you were at the top of the list. Did I not? Does not not does that not count for something? And Jesus is gonna look at him and be like, I never knew you. I never knew you. For many of us. We want the benefits of Christianity, but we don't want the life that comes with it. We want all the benefits of heaven and all the benefits of the blessed life, but we don't want to live for Jesus. We don't want to live for the Lord. We just want his benefits. We want what's in his hand. We don't want him and we don't want what comes with being a sold-out believer in Jesus. So a lot of these de- a lot of deconstructed Christians today they made a decision that the life that they wanted seemed far better than a life with Jesus. And again, part of it is because they were taught Something contrary to the gospel of Jesus Christ, growing up in churches that were not founded on Christ at all, founded on religious dogma, founded on, relig- you know, a a a, a pastor's personality, founded on, you know, um, all these different doctrines and creeds and codes and rites and dues and all that, but it was not founded on the foundation, so they got reason to be upset, but. Because of the the, 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 the the vitriol that they went through as a result of following church, they're now falling out with God. Instead of turning their face toward him and saying, God, this church didn't get it right. Help me to see what what, what were they missing so that I can be more like you. Again, the deconstruction movement is not a bad movement. The underpinnings of the deconstruction movement is how do we unlearn the stupidity of these churches that we belong to all these years and get back to the foundation, get back to the principle? How do we burn this house down back to its foundation and rebuild? For a lot of the for a lot of deconstructed Christians, that is the that is the, the 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 caveat that they seem to miss. That you gotta burn it down, yes, one hundred percent, without question, burn it to the ground. But you gotta rebuild. You gotta rebuild. That it's not just enough to deconstruct your faith; you gotta rebuild your faith. That it's not enough just to tear it down, tear it down to the roots. We got to build it back up. We want to burn it to the ground and then go follow something else that makes us feel good in our flesh. I just want to feel good. I want to be satisfied. I want to be whole. I want to be complete. I want this. I want that. And I feel like holding on to Jesus was holding me back from the things that I really want. And God says, you can go after those things if you want to. That's fine. But if you lay up your treasures here on earth, moth and rust is going to corrupt. Thieves are going to break in and steal. And it's not talking about in a literal sense, but what does it profit a man? to gain the whole world and lose his soul. The book of Ecclesiastes, I love it so much because Solomon looks at the tor- toward the twilight of his life and realizes, dude, I had everything I could possibly want and I realized that having all this stuff meant nothing because all that's going to happen is I'm going to die, my kids are going to get it, and they're going to squander everything that I had. Period. Period. Point blank you know people are going to remember my name for about 50 years and then i'm just going to be a reminder on on you know january 15th like that's all that's all we really care about when it comes to martin luther king he he he's a my you know january 15th i have a dream and then we never we never hear from him again for a whole nother year we, we could care less about him in in the culture that we live in today clearly because for all that he's done, it seems like we're going backward and not forward. And Solomon said that. We can get, we can gain this whole world, but at the end of the day, all we're going to do is be a footnote in the, in, the, in the annals of history. But we want our legacy so bad. Put our name in light so bad. All we're going to do is be a footnote in somebody's history. You see it happening now in our music today where people sample these songs to the point where you don't even know where the first song came from unless you go digging. And my daughter was listening to one of my old old songs and heard the intro of it and she started singing one of the new songs from one of her new people. And I was like, oh, no, nah, baby, this is, this is the original. And she was like, uh-uh, this is the – I said, baby – But we want we want what we want so badly that we're willing to tear our faith down in order to get it. In deconstructing our faith again, it's not to say that that the the, the that some of these churches were foul weren't foul. They were, they absolutely were, without question. They were foul. They said things, did things that shouldn't have said, shouldn't have done. And so, without question, we need to hold that we need to hold them accountable and we hold them accountable by leaving No uh, you're not No you 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 you're twisting you're manipulating all that No I can't I can't follow behind that but a lot of us have used that as an excuse to now not follow Jesus Jesus didn't change The erroneous practices and doctrines those are what we need to be throwing away and deconstructing, but we can we don't deconstruct Jesus. So can I keep it a buck with y'all? A lot of us, when you really think about it, our the way we can we our, de, our relationship with Jesus can be it has been deconstructed to the point where we don't follow him is because if you really think about it. You might not have ever had a relationship with them to begin with. You had a relationship with the church. You had a relationship with the rules. You had a relationship with the practices. You had a relationship with the rituals. And it you put on a pretty good show, even for yourself. But when you finally saw, when the wool was finally taken off of your eyes... When the veil was finally lifted and you saw behind the scenes, you fell out with God to the point of no longer wanting to believe in him because you saw the hypocrisy of the institutions. So you're 100% right. The institutions got a lot of stuff wrong. Maybe not everything, but they might have gotten a lot wrong. But that doesn't mean that Jesus is wrong. It doesn't mean that God is wrong. Those ministers, preachers, pastors, leaders, they will have to give an account for what they've done. And I'll take it even one step further than that. They might not have even known what they were doing because they were taught what they were taught. I say this to people all the time. Here in American Christianity, particularly in the black church of Christianity, and I use that in quotation marks because there ain't no black church, even though, you know, American culture is what it is. But the black church acts as if church history only goes back to 1865. We act as if this Bible was written in 1865, if as if Jesus existed in 1865. So we completely dismiss 70 AD, 300 AD, that whole span of time before the slave movement, slave trade movement, All of that is discounted. We act as if 1865 is the starting point of faith in God. And so everything that we do is centered on 1865. So a lot of our pastors and a lot of our preachers and a lot of our teachers, they simply don't know any better. Because in 1865, half our preachers and half our pastors in the black church, and the black community particularly, couldn't read. They had a few scriptures memorized and knew enough about Jesus to be able to preach. They mimicked what they saw the white churches doing and brought a blackness to it. And from there were birthed all our creeds, our codes, our practices, our doctrines, our rites. 1865. So we don't look backward. We don't look backward to see, like how far back our faith actually goes. We don't go back far enough to realize that there was a whole bunch of folk who were preaching and teaching the gospel in AD 100, AD 200, AD 300. 80 AD 400 8500 and they wrote stuff about our faith long before 1865 long of 18 long before 1865 and as a result if we take a step back enough we'll see that a lot of the stuff that we're doing today what nobody doing was unheard of was preached against. Back in those days. But again, for for the for the purposes of this conversation, a lot of our preachers and pastors today were taught by pastors and preachers and teachers who knew nothing of church history, knew nothing of the tenets of our faith, knew nothing of what was deconstructed back in AD 70 in that time frame. And so those pastors and preachers and teachers are only teaching what they knew. It doesn't give them a pass per se because the the knowledge is there. But again, when you're only teaching what you know to come up against something new, you got to sit with, it, you got to wrestle with it. And for a lot of them, they saw this deconstruction as y'all trying to, y'all trying to, you know, falsify the faith and you're, you're speaking devil stuff and you know, that's, that's blasphemy and, and those sort of things. It's like, no bro, it's, there was a guy. There was a guy, you know, who was preaching and teaching the gospel, you know. And I can't, and I, for some reason, I can't get his name in in my head the way that I want to. I know um, Horatio was one of them. Um, gosh, um, um, let me see, forefathers of the of faith. Let me see. Um of the faith in the first in the second century. We had yeah, we had Clement, Ignatius, there we go. Yeah, yeah, Polycarp. Um, who else who we had? I know his name. Oh, it's gonna bother me till I find him. What is this man's name? starts with an a lord have mercy oh well i'm gonna find i'm gonna find out and be mad about it but again and so you so if, if so again when we're deconstructing our faith we're breaking away yes from the erroneous doctrines of a lot of the churches that we lived in today but again even with them they didn't look back far enough our pastors and preachers, a lot of our pastors and preachers today, they haven't looked back far enough to realize that hey, there's stuff that's that we're doing now that you know this is part of Catholicism to a certain degree. They're not looking far back enough. But again, what we tend to do is because we no longer want to believe, no longer want to believe in what's going on, no longer want to believe in in God, or there's something else that we want to do contrary to what we know to be true, we will deconstruct to the point where we no longer have faith in God at all. And so for us as believers, if we say that we are believers in Jesus, then when we deconstruct our faith, the idea is not to deconstruct to the point of no longer believing. It's to deconstruct to the point where we rebuild our faith. Rebuild our faith. Rebuild from the foundation up. As it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Starting at verse number 10. According to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation and someone else is building upon it let each one take care how he builds upon it for no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid which is jesus christ not your favorite pastor not your favorite bishop not your favorite you know um deacon or your favorite you know um tiktoker you know not even me jesus is the foundation If anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. The challenge for us as deconstructed Christians is that we don't leave the foundation to the point where we've now dismissed God altogether. It is to then ask the question, Jesus, who are you? God, who are you? And through the power of the Holy Spirit that's been given to us upon salvation and belief, we search the scriptures in order to deepen our relationship, not with the church, but to deepen our relationship with the Lord. To deepen our relationship with Jesus Christ. To search the gospel of Jesus Christ and to data mine the crap out of it. To where we get all of the rich and precious jewels that come from the gospel of Jesus Christ to further build upon the foundation which is Christ. Reading, I read this book once called Gospel Deeps, and I got to go back and read it read it again. And one of the things that it says in the book, the cross and the empty tomb are not tantamount to an acorn or an English garden; they are a supernova. And in the gospel, there are supernovas within supernovas. Or we may say that the gospel is a diamond. It is one precious jewel, but it is one precious jewel with many different facets, each one with a brilliance and vision of its own. Because the love of God is deep, we should expect that the gospel it births is deep as well. We will be looking at some of the facets of the gospel and its implications throughout this book, but as a sort of gospel depth primer, um, he goes on to say there's five different ways that the that the gospel is deep, and I wish that I could, I wish I had my um my, my Kindle app because I go through them all right now. Maybe do that another day. But the point of the matter is, for many of us, we graduated. We graduated from the gospel, and because we graduated from the gospel, our tendency Our tendency is to think that now that I'm saved, I just move on. But what God tells us is that the gospel becomes our entire being. We never graduate from it. So for us as deconstructed Christians, we need to reconstruct our faith from the gospel of Jesus Christ. In its simplistic form, we all have been born into sin. After, As a result of our forefathers, Adam and Eve, falling from grace, created in a perfect world by, by a perfect God. We've all fallen short of the glory of God, no matter how much we want to blame Adam and Eve for it. And we are all in need of a Savior to reconnect our souls to God. We've been cut off from him. And there's no amount of work that we can do, no amount of things that we can say, no amount of praising or worshiping that we can do that will satisfy the righteous requirement to become one with God again. So Jesus, in his infinite love, mercy, kindness, wisdom, and grace, became sin for us by living the the life that we couldn't live, the perfect life we couldn't live, dying the death that we deserved, defeating hell and rising again and thereby crediting us with the free gift of righteousness, the free gift of salvation upon repentance and belief, a denouncing of all other gods, all other things, and saying that God and Christ are the uppermost of our affections, our attentions, and our allegiances. And that we put, and in believing in him, we push all our chips in. That if I'm wrong about Jesus, when we get to that great day, and it's somebody else standing there instead of Jesus, I'm finished. That is the gospel of Jesus Christ. There is so much to mine from that simple, from that simple, that simple summary of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and it, it is imperative on us to seek after it. And thanks be to God. That we serve a living God who gave us a Holy Spirit who tells us, dude, you can mind the snot out of this. What do you want to know? Asking it shall be given, seeking ye shall find, knocking the door shall be open to you. I want to tell you everything about Jesus. Tell you everything about the Lord. Tell you everything there is to know about your Lord about your Lord and Savior and the pardoning of your sins and what that means for you both now and forever. I want to give that to you. I want to impart that on you. I want to pour out your I want to pour out my spirit upon you and give you all of the gems you could ever ask for. I want to let you see this diamond and its multiple facets. And in seeing those multiple facets, I want you to see the riches of the depths of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I I want to show it to you in such a way to where it will blow your mind. For many of us, we don't want to know because we're satisfied with where we are. We don't want anybody to tell us that Jesus reigns supreme. We don't want anybody to tell us that Jesus is the, is the end all. We don't want anybody to tell us that Jesus is the one because in, or if, if, if it's true that he is the one, that that means that I am no longer master and commander of my life. That I don't dictate how my life goes. That there's somebody else in control. That there's somebody else who reigns. And that means that, that, that the, the, the answers that I have for my life, they may not be sufficient enough. For me, there's some of us who have been hurt by whatever situation or what circumstance that happened in our lives. And as a result, how could a good God, you know, do this? Or how could a good God do that? And somebody came with with a, with a perfect counter. Okay, what did the universe do? What did your ancestors do? Because if, if, if the universe is the one controlling it. Where were they? Where was the universe when these same things you're you're mad at God about happened? Why are you not mad at the universe? If your ancestors are the one that you're following and, and you're mad at God because he didn't come through for you, why are you not mad at your ancestors? Your ancestors didn't come through for that same situation. The same way that we will data mine for the things that we want, Christ says, data mine for me. But here's the catch. And and, and, and and so as I'm saying that, once again, sometimes for us, for some of the deconstructed Christians who've gone to the point where they don't believe in God anymore, it may be that they never had a relationship with the Lord to begin with. Because as it says in Ezekiel chapter 36, God has to give us a heart to love him. God has to transfer out of us the heart of stone and replace it with a heart of flesh. That heart of flesh is the heart that beats for God, it's thumping for God. And as a result, He causes us to walk in His precepts, causes us to to walk in his ways, causes us to seek after him so that when the scripture says, delight thyself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. He's saying to us, if you delight in God, I will give you more of me. Seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, we get to the point where, God, I'm not even thinking about the other stuff, that all these things be added. I ain't even thinking about that because I'm seeking you. When he says in Colossians chapter three, "If then you have been raised with Christ, seek those things which are um, that are above where Christ is that becomes our deepest delight and God has to do that work. there's no amount of convincing, no amount of you know um, persuasion that anybody can do unless God goes in and transforms that heart. It's a transformation from the inside out, and so in that space, we have to be careful that our hearts are not like the hearts um, that um, Jesus speaks about in the parable of the fourth of the, of the parable of the um, of the well the parable of the I think it's the, the of the soils the parable of the soils when he says that you had some that was the the seed was thrown on the ground it didn't grow at all. Seed that was thrown in the in the um in on the rocky soil grew for a little bit, but it didn't grow no depth. The sun came and beat down on it, and it withered away. The ground that was full of thorns and thistles, weeds, so it grew for a while, but then the weeds came and the thorns came and the thistles came and choked it out. The cares of this world choked it out. For a lot of us, we heard the word, and it, and it sounded real good but for whatever reason it didn't germinate it didn't it didn't produce and so again you have a lot of people whose faith has been so deconstructed to the point where they don't have faith in God at all God's got to get in that space God's got to get in that space because he warns us if we don't if we're listening to what he says But we don't do what he says. We are like a house built on sand. Our foundation is shoddy. And can I be real with a lot of us? Our faith is weak. We are some weak Christians. We sit comfy in our... Chairs, drinking our coffee, eating our donuts for worship service. We sing the songs, we hear the word. But when it comes to our day-to-day, we are weak. And that's 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 regular believers. I'm talking regular believers. So you can only imagine the deconstructed ones. The ones who have deconstructed so far down that they no longer have a relationship with God. They deconstructed their faith so far down so that they can figure out how to fit in what they really want to do in faith instead of following after Jesus and and, and conforming to his image we as believers we have a tendency we, we, or at least for the for the deconstructed ones there is this tendency that we're, that we're, that I'm noticing That a lot of us want to be deconstructed because now we don't have to go to church. Now we don't have to pay money to the church. You know, now I can be the type of believer I want to be. And can't nobody tell me how to be a believer because it's between God and me. As I said before, yes, your walk with God is your walk with God. But there are things that Christ requires of all of us. We can't pick and choose which parts we want to follow. Try as we might, we can't pick and choose which parts we want to follow. We're either all in or we're not. And so, how do we then reconstruct a deconstructed faith? How do we reconstruct it? The first thing that I suggest we all do is we first got to have a relationship with the Lord. Do you believe in Jesus Christ? Do you believe in Jesus Christ that he is the son of God, that he died and rose again for our sins? Do you believe that Jesus was raised from the dead? Our scriptures tell us: you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and that He is risen from the dead. You are saved, and only God can know that. I can't know that. Only God knows that. So you got to know. So you got to know it for yourself, it's between you and Him. If you confess with your mouth and believe with your heart that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. That you got God raised him from the dead. You are saved. You are renouncing and denouncing all other gods. And putting Christ at the uppermost of your attention. Affection and, 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 and allegiances. Pushing all your chips in and saying I believe in Jesus to the point. Where if it ain't him at the end of this light. I'm done. Over with. You are saved. Second. We got to know what the gospel is. We've got to know what the gospel is because for many of us we don't we don't know we just we simply do not know what the Gospel of Jesus Christ is. we We know a lot of church, but we don't know the gospel and so I encourage us to dig into our word to understand what the Gospel of Jesus Christ is. read some books. On the gospel written by some 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 dynamite, you know, home run hitting pastors and theologians to understand and unpack the gospel. You don't have to be heady about it, but you need to know what it is that so here's the reason why I say people need to know what the gospel is. You need to know what saved you. You need to know what saved you. Can I call a spade a spade? I didn't know what the gospel was until 2014. I had been preaching for 10 years and never once had anybody presented the gospel to me. No one. No one had had proclaimed the gospel to me. So it's imperative that we as believers know what saved us. The gospel of Jesus Christ is not limited to just pastors and preachers. All of us have been saved by the gospel, which means all of us should know it. All of us should know what is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because we are saying to everybody in the world when we profess that Christ is Lord, that we were saved by the gospel, by the presentation of the gospel of Jesus Christ, By which we learned who Christ is and what he did for us. And our belief in Jesus is is predicated upon knowing what he did for us. But if we don't know what the gospel is, how can we say what saved us? So it's imperative that we study the scriptures and study some, 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 some sound doctrine to know what the gospel of Jesus Christ is. Furthermore, as you are building upon your faith, I'm not going to say, well, let me say it like this. Let me say it like this. Make sure that you are going to somebody's church that is preaching and teaching the gospel. Cause li- listen, I, I I love online. I love the the platforms and things. But y'all, we gotta go church, man. We we gotta go. We gotta we gotta assemble. We gotta assemble. Now, church is a relative term. I'm not saying you gotta assemble in a 501c3 organization where two or three are gathered in His name. He is in the midst. But you need to be gathering with two or three regularly. That needs to become a regular rhythm. So that you guys are molding and shaping are are sharp are sharp sharp words sharpening one another as iron sharpens iron. We're not meant to walk this life alone. We're not meant to walk out this faith alone. So you need a good three or four brothers and sisters that you're walking alongside and iron sharpening iron with again i encourage everyone to find a 501c3 organization to be a part of but again it's not a requirement in the bible but it is a requirement that you forsake not the assembling of yourselves so you need to be in regular rhythm with somebody so that you are building one another up encouraging one another, searching these scriptures together, and understanding how the gospel illuminates what you're reading so that we don't make the same mistakes of our ancestors, the same mistakes of our, our brothers and sisters of the faith, the same mistakes that built a lot of these erroneous foundational churches. We got we to get this right. And so again, that is how we reconstruct our faith. We don't dismiss God. You don't have to you, you don't have to um be a mindless drone to believe in Jesus. God gave you that mind for a reason. You don't have to be a mindless drone just blindly following Christ. No he gives us the spiritual eyes to see Him, so you don't have to. you, oh, y'all, y'all just a bunch of blind followers. Nah, bruh. we, we, we wrestled with the Lord. We struggled with the Lord. We fought with the Lord. And in the pruning, in the cutting, in the in the wrenching, our faith produced. In the in in the cutting in the burning it produced faith yeah have some people and you know i I'm a free thinker I don't believe in just blindly follow. you shouldn't blindly follow you should know your Jesus you should know your God and he makes it such to where yes we're walking by faith and not by sight but that doesn't mean that we're we're oblivious we know him because he gave us the ability to know him and so we 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 don't forsake god just because a church hurt us We don't forsake God just because we're mad at a particular church for doing things of a specific way. Men are valuable and they make mistakes and they build monuments to their legacies and their mistakes. (laughs) God is simply saying to us, hey, don't forsake me. Maybe get from up under them. But don't forsake me. Again, I say, a lot of our ancestors, going back to days of slavery, they only knew what they knew. And they didn't know how to read. So they knew what they knew, and they built their foundations upon what they saw other churches doing. They didn't know any better. We do. That doesn't mean we fall out with God because we're falling out with the erroneous doctrines from which these churches were built upon. Oh, they ain't falling out with God. God didn't necessarily tell them to do that. But a lot of people still got saved and delivered and set free even in the midst of the erroneous doctrines. They just don't know what it feels like to truly be free in Jesus because they're shackled to those doctrines. But it doesn't mean we have to give up on God just because God set us free from the doctrines the thing the thing, oh my gosh, the thing about the deconstruction movement and I wish they would reco- I wish they would rephrase it because you're not being deconstructed you're being set free you're being set free, free from erroneous doctrine, free from erroneous practices, free from erroneous codes free from erroneous creeds that are keeping you bound and not able to experience the fullness of joy that 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 we can have in Christ Jesus. It's like the limits are being taken off of us. The brakes are being taken off of us and we're being able, we have the ability to fly. But for many of us, we are deconstructing our faith to where we're shackling ourselves to something much more more sinister. God is saying, I'm setting you free from that so that you can experience the fullness of joy that comes from being free in me. Free in Christ Jesus. So don't give up on God. Don't give up on Him just because you know a church did you dirty. Churches aren't perfect. Care where you go. Somebody's gonna somebody gonna do something that makes you upset. Again, if they're not on godly principles and not standing on, on standing ten tones down on the gospel, that's a whole nother conversation to be had. But nevertheless, somebody gonna hurt your feelings. Don't give up on God because the church hurts you. Churches are messy. Churches are grimy. You're not gonna find a perfect church. Don't let that be an excuse to stay in a place where you're being abused. If you are being abused. There's a difference between somebody making a mistake and you just be outright being abused by your by your leaders. If you're being abused by your leaders, the way to go, the way to deal with that, leave. And let them talk because they don't have a heaven or hell to put you in. But you're you're, going to experience some type of discomfort and displeasure no matter where you go. Don't fall out with God because a fallible man. We're going to mess up. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to say things. We're going to do things that ain't right. Don't fall out with God over that. Or even if you are gonna fall, if you are gonna fall out with God, don't fall out with God to the point where you abandon Him. Fall out with God like these boys did in the scriptures. They all oh, they felt so many of these people in the Bible fell out with God, and yet they stayed anchored to Him. Look at Job. Bumped the, the double for trouble. I don't care about that part. The fact that this man fell out with God, it was like God. I wish you would curse the day I die. of uh, course, curse the day I was born but you still reign on the throne. I'm mad with you, but you still reign on the throne. Psalm 88. Psalms don't even end in a happy note talking about death is my only friend. But this man was talking to God when he said that. If we're going to fall out, let's fall out with him. But let's not fall out with him to the point where we disown him. We we distract from him. I know I'm not a believing in Jesus no more. No, you still believe, still believe. It just hurts sometimes. It hurts to it hurts to follow Jesus sometimes. Come on now, it hurts. It's not easy following Jesus all the time. No matter how strong in the faith you are, it's not easy following Jesus all the time. There are times where you are gonna feel like um, it's the dark night of your soul. You're going to feel like that sometimes. Nevertheless, don't give up on God because of the pain. Don't give up on God because of the hurt. Don't give up on God because of the the issues and the problems. You stay close to him. You stay connected to him. You You stay anchored in him. Again, a lot of our people have are deconstructing their faith because of the churches that they belong to that were doing some really heinous and sinister stuff. No problem with you leaving the church. If you know you got a bad leader, the way to deal with bad leaders is to not let them lead you no more. That's how you deal with them. Talk about touching up my anointed ones. Bet, I won't say a word. I just won't show up next week. I just won't show up. There are too many churches in America, too many churches in your city for you to be anchored to one place if you know that person is not leading you toward righteousness, not leading you toward Christ, not leading you in the way that you should go in the Lord. So don't stay where you know he ain't where the, where the gospel's not being taught. Don't stay there. Leave. But don't leave God. Don't leave Jesus. Because again, we know. Believer and unbeliever alike, we know when we hear the gospel. We know when we're hearing Jesus. We know when we're hearing the truth. So don't fall out with God just because your leader might have done something dumb. If your leader's doing dumb stuff and they don't look like they're going to be repenting of their dumb stuff. Leave them. But don't deconstruct your faith to the point where you no longer have any. Deconstruct your faith back to the foundation, which is Jesus. And then build that sucker up. As long as the foundation stays on Jesus, everything else will take care of itself. But you got to break it down to the foundation. And make Jesus that foundation, not your church, not your denomination. Because only on the foundation of Jesus Christ will the house stand. When the trials come and the tribulations come and the issues come and all that comes with that, only a house that's built on the rock of Jesus Christ is going to stand. If it's built on anything else, it's going to fall. It's going to fall. Don't abandon Jesus, deconstructed Christian, ex-evangelical. Don't abandon Jesus. Jesus didn't do anything. Jesus is the one you should be running toward, not running away from. Jesus loves you and wants a relationship with you. He proved it when he got on the cross and died for you. So don't give up on God. Just because you got hurt by a church, take it from your boy. I wandered for two years, experienced massive church hurt, and wandered for two years. But I never, I never gave up on God, and that's not to toot my own horn because I wanted to. I ain't gonna lie, I wanted to. I was scared I wasn't even a believer, but I, I couldn't leave Him. I, I left the church for a little while. But I couldn't leave him. Something about Jesus, I just I couldn't let him go. He wouldn't let me go. I'm just calling like I'm doing anything. He wouldn't let me go. He was whole. He held on to me. I, I I had him by the. He had my whole hand. I had him by the pinky. He held. He held on to my pinky. He, with a with a lock tight grip. I'm talking about mad with the church, hurt, hurt by the church. But by the grace of God, the Holy Spirit living in me, never gave up on him, never gave up on Jesus, never doubted for once Jesus' power, never doubted once Jesus' might. I just didn't want anything to do with him for a little while. They didn't make it right, but that's how I felt. But I never came never came out of my mouth, Jesus doesn't exist, God doesn't exist. Mm -mm. Can fix my mouth to say that. I knew he existed, I knew what he had done for me. See, a lot of people today, in order for them to do what they want to do, they gotta step over the cross. They have to pretend and delude themselves. Into thinking that Jesus doesn't exist in order to justify what they want to do. In their heart of hearts, they know God exists. In their heart of hearts, they know God is real. They're just choosing. Choosing to step over him. To justify what they really want to do. So, I'm encouraging all of us today. I've talked a while. If you are in this deconstructed movement and you're in this place where you are trying to figure out who Jesus is for yourself and not who Jesus was to your mama, to your daddy, to your grandma, to granddaddy, to uncle and them, be encouraged. Seek Jesus. So I promise you, as scripture tells us, if you ask, it shall be, he shall be given to you. If you knock, he will open that door. If you seek him, he can be found. He has promised to pour his spirit onto us the more we ask of him. So if you're in that deconstructed movement, and you're trying to figure out what does it really mean to be a believer? What does it really mean to be saved? Seek Jesus. I promise you. Your deconstruction can turn into reconstruction. You don't need to be deconstructed your whole life. You can be deconstructed for a season, but at some point you need to rebuild. Rebuild your faith. By the grace of God given to each and every one of us, your faith can be rebuilt if you give God the opportunity to show you who he really is. To break away from all of the the, the erroneous doctrines and the erroneous creeds of a lot of our institutions. Not all of them, but a lot of them. Tear away from those things. And in doing so, receive the power And the might of the almighty God. Because he promised we can have it. It's not reserved for the preachers and the pastors. Us ordinary everyday Christians can have the same power that Jesus used to get up out that grave in us. You're watching the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. We're with you Tuesdays and Thursdays from 10 a.m. to 12 noon. Want to thank you guys for the 1,200 likes that we have received thus far and want to thank V for the the flame. I appreciate that so, so much from the bottom of my heart. Every like, every comment, every follow, every share. We appreciate y'all so, so much. If you've missed any part of this message or would like to listen to past episodes, you can go right now to Spotify and Apple Podcasts and subscribe to the true gospel morning show the podcast listen to every episode from inception to now when we come back we're gonna go through the questions that were put through the chat and answer as many of them as i can if you have any questions comments or concerns hit me up in that comment box right now this is your chance to ask any question that you have and i'm gonna answer questions till i can't till i can't talk no more so if you got a question for me hit me down in that comment box below and again i'll answer every and all questions until it's time for me to go and so again take this opportunity to do that and we'll be right back in just a moment Watching the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D. right here on TikTok Live. We're with you Tuesdays and Thursdays from 10 a.m. to 12 noon Eastern Standard Time. Certainly grateful again for each and every person who's been on with me so far. And thank you for the 1,200 likes that we have received thus far. Um Let's see. KJ Forever Learning says, How come many leaders have so many different explanations of what faith is? Honestly, man, it's because we, we... <laughs> We've gotten in this place where like we have, di- there's different people who have so many different ways of thinking about the faith that it's become almost like a smorgasbord of just different ways of looking at it. Right. Um, as I was talking about earlier, a lot of our, especially, but particularly in the black church, particularly in the black church, there are so many, um. Well, there's so many pastors who don't look far back enough in the faith, right? Like, I can't, God, see his name is gonna bother me. Let me see if I can find this dude's name real quick. Give me a second. Let me see if I can find him. Um, Lord, what is his name? It starts with an A. Um, no. See, you got, you got Tertullian, Thelopolis, Hippolytus. Um, gosh, I might. That's, that's going to bother me. Let me see. Um, Christianity in the first century. I know the man's name. It starts with an A. Augustine! Ah! Got it! Thank you, God. I've been waiting. I'm trying to get that. Okay, so for example, you got a guy by the name of Augustine who was in like the first, the the first second, the first and second century, right? He was like one of the forefathers of our faith, and if you look at the things that he said, the things that he wrote, the things that he talked about, most of his stuff sounds like Paul. Like he, like this man was almost dare I say the second coming of Paul he was so freaking incredible him um Tertullian um um Hippocrates I think like they had such a robust faith in the Lord and they wrote so many manuscripts about their faith in God but how many black pastors do you know that know about that honestly Have any of them ever heard of C.S. Lewis? Have any of them ever heard of um, A.W. Tozer? Have any of them ever heard, shoot, of any of the modern folk today? No, no. And it's because we have gotten to a point where our faith in God is so individualized that everybody has an opinion, but nobody's searching the scriptures anymore. Everybody has an opinion about the Lord, but nobody's saying, thus says the Lord. And that's the problem with why we have so many different explanations because no one's talking about a lot. A lot of people are not saying what thus says the Lord anymore. They're giving you their opinions. They're giving you their feelings, but they're not giving you what thus says the Lord. And so. In a nutshell, that's why you see a lot of people having so many different explanations of the faith, because They have a desire to, you know, have an opinion about the Lord, but they're not searching the scriptures and allowing the gospel. There it is. Thank you, Jesus. Got it. The reason why a lot of people have a whole bunch of different opinions about the Lord is because we're not reading from the same playbook. I see what you did there, God. We're not reading from the same playbook. So. This is what this is how people typically think of this is what people typically think of when they think of the gospel. They say the Bible is the gospel. Right. So that means anything that I look through in these scriptures, it's the gospel. So if I turn to a random scripture, they it says it says ABCD that is the gospel because it's the Bible. So the scriptures tell us don't wear mixed linens then because it's the gospel, I better not wear mixed linens. That's, that's my opinion. That's how I feel about it, and that's what the Bible says. We're not reading from the same playbook, though, because the gospel of Jesus Christ is the umbrella from which the Bible is supposed to be examined. The gospel of Jesus Christ is the umbrella of, from which, or the lens, rather, from which the Bible should be examined. In the book of Luke, chapter 24, starting at verse 13. answered him are you then the only visitor to jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened in these past days and he said to them what things and they said to him concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who, of, who was a prophet, mighty indeed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death, and was crucified, and crucified him. But we had hoped that he would be the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things happened. Moreover, some women of our company amazed us, and they were at the tomb early in the morning. And when they did not find his body, they came back saying that they had seen a vision of angels. He interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Our problem is that we're not reading from the same playbook. We're not examining the scriptures through the lens of the gospel. Instead, we're interpreting the scriptures through our own eyes. As altruistic and as genuine as we might be, We're not examining the scriptures through the lens of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Our problem is that we're using our own intellect, our own might, our own emotions. And in doing so, we have so many different explanations of the faith. But there's only one. And that is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And what he tells us, what even Paul says, is that if anyone... It's preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one that I preached. Let him be accursed. Even if it's an angel. Because the gospel is the lens to which we should be examining the scriptures. So for a lot of us, that's why our faith is where it is. That's why we have so many definitions of it. So many different ways of talking about it. Because we're not playing from the same playbook. And I promise you I promise you if you ask a lot of these preachers today what is the gospel of Jesus Christ they couldn't tell you you think I'm you think I'm playing my own my call a spade a spade love my granddad loved him you know when he was alive I asked him one day what is the gospel of Jesus Christ he quoted Romans 116, um Romans 16 um the power of salvation to those who believe i said okay but what is that what is that like what is the gospel it's the power of it's the power unto salvation for those who believe okay but what is that and he said well we're not going to know everything So what we preaching? So that answers that question there for you. I hope that, hope that was helpful. Hope was that helpful. Um, Let's see. Crow Lime said, do we need to confess with our mouth to be saved when becoming a Christian? Um, So... The technical answer is no. You don't have to confess with your mouth. What he means by confession is that if your heart is so full and, and is, is, you know, a believer in Jesus Christ, you should have no problem telling somebody. That's what that means. That your confession is, a, is, is kind of an authentication of a heart transformation. That just like we, you know, will tell people how much we love a movie or how much we really believe in a particular um, presidential candidate or, you know, those sort of things. That's the same type of love and adoration that we have for God. So much so that if somebody asks if we believe in him, we readily say yes. So, no, you don't have to necessarily say it. But God, but Christ himself says, if you are ashamed before men, if you're ashamed of me before men, I will be ashamed of you before God. So, no, it's not a formula. It's not saying you have to confess with your mouth as as the as the key to unlock the door to salvation. That's not what that is. God does that work. God transforms the heart. Out of heart of stone in a heart of flesh. God does that. God knows who's His. So, no, that's not us. We're not doing that. We don't, we don't do it by confession. But we should be able and willing and have a desire to confess that we believe in Jesus Christ upon the love that we have for him readily. Like if somebody asks us, put a gun ahead head. You believe in Jesus? Yes. Yes, I do. No questions asked. Because again, if you are ashamed of me before men, then I'll be ashamed of you before my father. So, yes. You, yes, you, you want to have a heart transformation. No, you do not have to confess in order to become saved. But you should want to confess because of how good God is. Um, Earl Cannon Bear said, where's your Bible? It's right here. Um, do I need a moderator? Um not necessarily um you know i let people just kind of come through and and run ramshot all through the um comments um because again that's y'all playground y'all y'all i i control the content you have control over the comments so i ain't in here trying to moderate that that's why you see i didn't really i don't really spend a whole lot of time in the comment box like that like i i got something i want to say to the people i'm gonna say it and then if People got questions comments and concerns you feel free to drop down that comment box below and let me know how you're feeling and then i'll come back and start answering questions if i have time which i got plenty of today because i only had that one thing i want to say to y'all today so um so do i need one Eh, i'll tell you what dm me if you're following me dm me and let's talk and see you know and see what um what becomes of you know um said moderation because again I enjoy the comments. I ain't I ain't bothered by it cuz at the end of the day I'm gonna say what I got to say anyway. The comments are always gonna be there. Y'all can say what you want to say. I really don't have a dog in the fight when it comes to the comments. Y'all handled all that um and I do see y'all I mean y'all handled it very well. So um homeschool historian said all religions are a replacement for free thought. At least admit that you're living in a fairy tale land we just want y'all to stop forcing so here's the th- here's the thing I love about that comment right there we just want y'all to stop forcing your religion on others okay who is we and how are we forcing religion onto others? I'm going to call a spade a spade. This show ain't for you. (laughs) This show is not for unbelievers. This show is for the believers. I purposefully designed this show with the believers in mind. You are invited to see what we talk about, you are invited to have a front row seat to the conversation. But this show is not for you. So, in no way am I forcing my religion upon anybody. Because this show ain't for you. You know, they have this nice little thing called swipe, right? If you don't like what we're saying, bounce. It's really that simple. Like, that's what they made it for. You don't like the fact that I'm showing up on your page? Block. It's really that simple. The funny thing, yeah, yeah a lot of y'all keep saying we're forcing it down. I ain't not once told any unbelievers that you got to believe in Jesus. I will say that God loves you and wants a relationship with you, but I'm not forcing anything. I didn't tell you to stay here. You chose that. So if you think I'm forcing it down a throat, swipe. God loves you and wants a relationship with you. But I didn't invite you here. I invited my fellow believers. Cause we got some stuff to talk about. Cause we 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 living in some really strange times right now and we gonna need a lot of faith. We're gonna need a lot of faith. To deal with what we're dealing with right now. So this, but this show is not for you. So if I show up on your page again and you got a whole attitude about that, feel free to swipe because this show is not for you. Let me see. Going to like blunt, how long should I stick around chat? Have you got to the point the whole chat can see what's going on? Been pressed for five minutes um V, I appreciate that most preachers answer questions after the sermon which is what i said from the get-go he wants to hear himself not really not pretending i don't pretend i saw everything you said don't want pushback so questions being raised keep it in the church um i never said that you can't ask questions just told you you are you know you have to wait religions are a replacement for three for free thought no I've deconstructed my childhood indoctrination. That's good. Religion evolves. That's not true. Our religions are a replacement for free thought. Okay. Now, unlike some religions, Christianity is not a replacement for free thought. As a matter of fact, Christianity is one of the few religions where free thought is welcomed you think I'm lying go through the book of Psalms go through the book of Proverbs look at Ecclesiastes look at Job Song of Solomon to a lesser degree. Those five books are considered the wisdom. Books of the Bible. And all of those are free flowing thoughts. About God. About life. About circumstances. Situations. I mean you could basically call the book of Solomon's journal entries. God where are you right now? Like in today's Christianity, in American Christianity, it's unheard of to question Jesus. That's all they did in the Psalms is question Jesus. Oh, question, God. God, where you at? Why am I going through so much? I'll let your boy. Plenty of thinking. God does not want us to follow Him blindly. He, 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 he encourages challenge. He encourages questions. Our problem is that we want God to answer us the way we want to be answered. We want him to line up with our answers rather than give us his answers. Right? So, if religion's not a replacement for free thought, I mean, It's not it's not a replacement for that. It actually encourages it. But you have to consider that your finite thinking can never compare to the supremacy of God's. We want to oh my gosh! We want to stand equal with God. Hence free thought I want I want to be more I want to be on the same level as God So if religion says I can't do what I want to do then that limits my thinking and because it limits my thinking I don't want to believe God's like I'm not limiting your thinking I'm just not going to answer your question the way you want it to be answered that's all Thus says the Lord. And if I am the Lord, then what I say goes. And you're free to think about that all you want to. But at the end of the day, thus says the Lord. Can't get away from that. Not if you're going to follow me. Now if you don't want to follow me, do what you do. But if you're following God, at the end of the day, you have all the thoughts you want. You think all your thoughts you want to. But at the end of the day, Thus says the Lord. So no, it's not a replacement for free thought. God encourages free thought. The book of Psalms is the clearest example of that. Ecclesiastes is the clearest example of that. The book of Job is a clear example of that. Proverbs is a clear example of that. All of the books of the Bible really are clear examples of free thinking. The problem is you want your intellect to be at the same level, if not higher than God, and God will not allow that, period. Our thoughts are not his thoughts. Our ways are not his ways. He will not, he will not share his throne with anyone, especially not creation. You can be mad about that if you want to. I'm, I'm not taking your feelings from you. You can be mad about that if you want to be. But at the end of the day, religion is not a replacement. For, our religion, Christianity, is not, a, is not a replacement for free thought. Just ask Augustine. Ask Hippocrates. Ask Tertullian. Ask Dionysus. Ask, ask them. All they did was think. Martin Luther, all he did was think. C.S. Lewis, all he did was think. A.W. Tozer, all he did was think. <laughs> God ain't trying to take your thoughts from you. He just wants you to line them up with him. That's all. Don't read the chat. Yes. We used to die for Neanderthals. Yes. Jesus cannot save you. That's not true. We answered that one. How do you learn all that? That's good. Top of the other gods I worship. Blah, blah, blah. Um, Cool. All right. Go back down to the bottom. All right. Well, listen. If there are no more questions, no more comments, no more concerns, I certainly do thank each and every last one of you for spending a little bit of time of your busy day with me today. I certainly thank you guys for the 2,000 likes that you have given me on today. I thank you for every like, comment, follow, and share. Thank you guys so, so much for spending some time with me here on the True Gospel Morning Show. And as always, uh, well, before I say that, um, if you've missed any part of this, you can go to Apple and Spotify right now and download and subscribe to the True Gospel Morning Show, the podcast, listen to everything that we said today and past episodes. Um, We'll be back here on Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And as always, if you can't see the good, be the good. I love you guys. Peace out, homies.